Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Hello there, podcast listener. Welcome to episode 15 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? We have a lot of cool stuff to talk about, but before I kick it off, you all know my favorite part of the show, right? Uh, my voice? Well, second. Second favorite part of the show. <laughs> Mo's voice? Okay, my third favorite part of the show is listener email. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> listener email from our fourth listener this time is from Retro Pixel. He writes in and says, wondering if you guys have any stories or memories of secondhand hunting for toys and games in your youth. Besides yard sales, one place in particular that stands out for me was a really grubby pawn shop. All merchandise inside was beyond filthy. Jesus. Everyone, including staff, was smoking so frequently you could literally see it hovering as a cloud throughout the tiny storefront. He says, my parents absolutely hated this place. However, on odd occasion, they would endure a short stop so we could have a chance to look at shoebox of loose Game Boy cartridges. Anyway, stay well and catch you next upload. Again, that was Retro Pixel. All right. First of all, we need to report his parents to some kind of child protection services or something because who the hell's checking their kid to a pawn shop. Well, I thought you were going to say report them for not letting him go shop for Game Boy cartridges. Well, no, he can do that, but at a pawn shop? Come on. Mo, how about you? You have any fond memories of secondhand hunting for games and toys? You know, not for me so much. In New York, it wasn't really a big thing. Either you just kind of dumpster dump, just kind of saw what was out there. Really? It okay. was mostly discount stores and that kind of stuff, not so much looking at um, secondhand hunting. How about you, George? I don't know. I mean, I guess my parents were a little bit overachievers. They would just buy me straight from Kmart. You know, we didn't have Walmart then it was Kmart but if I wanted a new cartridge or something (laughs) they just bought it yeah so I didn't really do a lot of bargain bin hunting when I was a kid I have small memories of uh, something that Retropixel is talking about I didn't know that I was hunting for games and toys I just thought I was shopping at the pawn shop with my parents you know just they would go and look (laughs) at tools and stuff that they needed and uh, I would poke around I don't remember getting a lot but I do remember you know periodically a couple of the pawn shops we would visit they had big rafts of Atari and television games and uh, I got a few out of there but uh, I didn't know that I was secondhand hunting I just thought I was killing time while my parents so were, this uh, pawn shop <laughs> thing is a real thing that more than one family did sure wow I would have never thought that you haven't lived man <sighs> I guess not you know what I visit pawn shops still today it's uh, it's fun I guess I thought I was the seedier one of the three of us but apparently not <laughs> <laughs> it's John <laughs> I guess so 
All right. Hey, RetroPixel, thank you for writing in. As I said, fourth listener email is my third or fourth, depending on how you're counting, a favorite thing about the show. Uh, we'd love to hear you guys write in and we'll answer it here on the show anytime that you do. George, you had a little bit of uh, current affairs to talk about, as I recall, related to uh, Bitcoin. John, you and I back in the day, early to mid 90s, mm-hmm. you turned me on to the SETI project. Remember that? We would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the SETI at home screensaver thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. That basically did the searching for him. Yeah, yeah it would do the search for him and it would upload the results back and forth and you get that yep. feeling of accomplishment that you were helping basically find nothing, but at least, you know, you were scouring <laughs> part of their data. Right. Basically, they have all this satellite data, but they didn't have enough CPU power to crunch it. Right. Exactly. So if you downloaded the app, you could download a little packet, your computer would analyze it with that cool little chart, and then when you're done, it would upload that packet. There's a leaderboard for how many packets you process or whatever, right? right. I right. thought it was a pretty brilliant yeah. idea, actually. Yeah, it was. No, I loved it. What's been happening lately, everybody's heard of Bitcoins and Bitcoin mining and all the different... All the cryptocurrency. All the cryptocurrency. Yeah. Stuff. Well, what's going on? There are so many people that are just buying tons and tons of GPUs out there that it's driving mm-hmm. the prices through the roof <laughs> so high on GPUs. Yeah, I've read about that this. The people at SETI they can't afford to buy the GPUs that they already were going to order that they got grants for and things like that to do the work that SETI needs to do on their telescopes and everything. So right, and further, it's hurting participation of other people who typically would donate their GPU cycles to SETI. Instead, they're dedicating the CPU cycle to mining cryptocurrency. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, hell, we saw how much Bitcoins are worth. I mean, geez, can you play well, them? Well, no, you can't. Why would I search for aliens when I could mine a Bitcoin? That's right. right. <laughs> I don't know all about it, but I just found it really interesting that something that we grew up doing when we were first really getting into our computer age mm-hmm. is being affected now by something that the current generation is all hot about. One other thing that I saw in the news actually just today as we're recording this. Do you guys remember Woot? Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, the... Yeah, the deal a day site, right? Yeah. I enjoyed Woot at first because it was one of the first things where you could get stuff at a discount. I love the surprise factor of like finding out at like midnight what was going to be the thing. It was kind of neat where they had the everything was shipped for five dollars, right? Yep. You could buy a TV yep. and get $5. Yeah, you bought a car. Mm-hmm. It was shipped to your house for $5. That was their whole big thing. <laughs> That's right. After a couple of years, it seemed as though a lot of the products were, it was like $5 for the product and then $5 for shipping. And that just, as more and more discount sites and things started to happen, that just, I, I don't know. I just got tired of that. Well, yeah, I and mean, when Amazon bought it too, they kind of blew up that deal a day thing and kind of turned it into a, a store. Right, and yeah. They, that was the cool thing about it was that, you know, you never knew what they're going to have. They had a limited amount of it. Sometimes they were just odd things. And you're like, yeah. you know, that's kind of strange, but I'm going to buy it because it's... And often a techie toy kind of thing, yeah. too. Which I mean, like, it could be Ooh, I got my first Roomba there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Amazon's apparently trying to revive the brand. They've recognized how bad it's fallen. What they've mm-hmm. done now is they've included it as part of Amazon Prime, giving you free shipping on all Woot purchases. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I haven't been there in forever. Yeah, I haven't looked at Woot in God knows how long. I might go back to it now, you know, just because I do have Amazon Prime and free shipping is something that I enjoy. So in some cases, it might cut something in half if it's a cheap thing, right? Right. Shipping is no longer an issue. Yeah, if it was a $5 item now, now the $5 shipping's not there. So five bucks. Yeah. I have to take another look again. Thanks, George. (laughs) Yeah. And it's up to Defender to save them. Defender, a great Atari game. Have you played Defender? It's the newest of the smash hit home video games that just Keep coming only from Atari. He's better than me. Have you played Atari today? I know this week I have a some pretty cool things to talk about with media, but I know you guys saw some new movies too. I know what you want to talk yeah, about. Everybody knows Before what we... Mo wants to talk about, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Before we get down to the discussion of your Black Panther, yeah, uh, there are a couple of things that we have seen. First, I will talk about a film that I saw in the theater just last week called Early Man. This is the latest from Ardman Animation, the guys that brought you uh, Wallace and Gromit, awesome. Ron Trousers, ah, Chicken okay. Run, all that stuff. Yeah, all right. yeah. So claymation Th- kind of thing? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They'll stop motion clay. This was on the periphery of my radar a little bit. I remembered it was coming out. If I had remembered it was coming out, it would have been on the last podcast looking forward to. Listen, I love stop motion anything. Like growing up as a kid, I thought I was going to become a stop motion animator. My parents got me a little single frame camera and I created two second animation and thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And of course that fell by the wayside because it's too hard. (laughs) It's work. (laughs) I've always loved stop motion stuff all the way back to, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, the Rankin and Bass stuff in the Christmas time. And Wallace and Gromit is like the pinnacle of that stuff by Aardman. So so I saw Early Man. The Aardman stuff can be hit or miss. You know, it's not quite Pixar in that you can almost bank on everything Pixar being amazing. This one is really cool. It's all about Stone Age guys that live in this valley, but they're being overrun by Bronze Age guys, and they're fighting for dominance of the valley by playing soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Very European of this film. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. It's what you'd expect from an Aardman thing. I might say it's a little bit better than Chicken Run. I like Chicken Run. I enjoy Chicken Run as well, but a little bit better. It's not the wrong trousers. You know, it's not Curse the Were-Rabbit. The only problem with it for me really has nothing to do with the film. It has to do with my brain is because I'm such a nerd about stop motion animation. I get so enthralled and like, how did they do that? Oh, I saw a thumbprint on that guy's face or, oh, I bet that was difficult. Is that really flying or is that an effect you know because i know every single frame has to be staged yeah and so i'm constantly like oh wait pay attention to the movie stop staring at the clay talk about the rudolph and stuff and then stop motion kind of died off a bit yeah and then um i think it was nightmare before christmas came out yeah all of a sudden it came back again like really big after that then there's that other company leica who did paranorman and and Coraline. yeah Uh uh-huh kubo and the two strings recently they do some amazing stuff so george how about you what you've been watching that you just love anything well no not a damn thing that i love (laughs) So how about not love? (laughs) Dish. Dish. What is it? All right. I got a chance to review a movie before it's coming out on DVD. It's called Hangman. Hangman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hangman, of course. Yeah, of course, right? This is a horror film. The evil guy in the movie is playing a game of Hangman with the cops who are trying to catch him. He's killing a person every 24 hours, and then he carves a letter into their body, and that's the next letter in the puzzle. It wasn't the story that grabbed me. It was who's in it that made me want to review it. It's got Al Pacino and Carl Urban. Really? Okay. Wow. Wow. You know, and you think Al Pacino, you're like, okay. How bad could it be, right? Right. And then you've got Carl Urban, who I really like from Lord of Mm -hmm. the Rings and Star Trek. I really, really wanted to like this, but it was such a piece of crap. Oh my God. This thing was so horrible. (sighs) Let's put it this way. It's a movie you said with Al Pacino in it Mm -hmm. that I've never heard of. (laughs) And it came out last year. That tells you something. (laughs) How bad was it? Well, you can see in... How Pacino, especially, like, he's affecting this southern drawl accent at some point. It looks like maybe that they're supposed to be in the south, but they don't really clarify that at all. Urban is playing this tortured former FBI profiler who's now working at the local police level because his wife was recently murdered. And, of course, that gets tied into the whole thing. It's very formulaic. There's, like, two scenes in the movie where... 
you believe the characters at all. Poor Al Pacino and Carl Urban, who have to carry this horrible piece of writing, they're just, you can tell they're fighting the dialogue the entire way. <laughs> now, did the killer at least give them a R, S, T, N, L, and E before they got going with this mystery? Yeah, you gotta at least give them that, right? <laughs> he did give them a letter before they got going, and that was oh, good. part of the whole thing that they didn't realize until later. Uh, it's just bad. I mean... So you're saying Pat Sajak was the murderer? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was, was Vanna there? Pat or Vanna. I'm not sure which one. So what I hear you saying is it's a must miss. It is at, like, you know, we have the movies you probably miss. This is a movie you definitely should miss. <laughs> you ought to miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess we have that as a new category. <laughs> All right, Mo. We're ready. You ready Get for this? Get us with it. Now, there's a small movie that came out last week. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Black Panther. Yeah. Not yeah, bad. Yeah, you know. We yeah. might have covered it a little bit here and there. And, you know, it's a small movie. You know, it's one of these art films, you know. <laughs> it's a little art film <laughs> i really liked this movie i just dug the whole thing from beginning to end it was a little bit more political and social than i think a lot of the other ones it actually kind of tried to bring in some real issues and stuff into it now you were already bought into this movie before you saw it you were hyped about it you i was very excited about it i was like you that. were really looking forward to it yeah i was definitely looking forward to it to me i mean honestly the best parts to me in this whole movie were the interactions between people, like the one-on-one interactions they had. All of it was just entertaining as hell because it seemed like real, I guess. I don't know what if that's the right word for it, but you know the way they were kidding around with each other, you're like, yeah, I could see that that's the way they probably would. It seemed a bit more natural, the dialogue yeah, exactly. and the interactions between the people. It seemed more reality-based than what they've done in the Marvel films previously, except for maybe Ant-Man. Right. You know, we've talked again and again on the show about, you know, it comes down to it. You love explosions, but yeah. Yeah, the character have to be people that you care about and that are written well and that's what really drives the rest of it that makes the explosion matter you know yeah. you don't care if somebody blows up you don't care about yeah they did a good job here i would compare this kind of like to the first captain america for me you know it wasn't embroiled in this cinematic universe yet right. it's a great standalone film about characters that you wrote to care about i knew nothing about him because i hadn't read the comics and that made me care about this character and black panther the same thing for me because yeah. i didn't know nothing about him as a comic book character but now i'm like what a cool dude yeah <laughs> they did a really good job too i mean i've read a lot of the black panther stuff over the years and we talked a lot about it in uh, the last comic sans they did such a good job not only with black panther but also all the sub characters that you're talking about all the peripheral characters yeah Yeah. oh yeah i mean they're all interesting something i thought of in watching this film was as amazing as the bad guy was killmonger in this Mm -hmm. Uh they have set the bar really high thanos had better damn payoff yeah you're right yeah yeah it's like okay i can see you understand how to make a good villain so don't screw it up. <laughs> you had years to prepare a good villain. Across the board, a thumbs up from all three of us on Black Panther, yeah? Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Light Right, the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Work with colorful pegs that glow with light, light bulb not included. One of the things I really liked about Black Panther was just the high tech of Wakanda. And the vibranium and all the stuff that we were going to do, which was really cool. But a lot of cool stuff. That's the movie world, right? So let's talk about some real world cool stuff. I have struggled greatly with trying to film Comic Sans. I use a three camera setup and I've tried multiple different things. I've used a webcam, 
and a couple of cell phones. I tried three cell phones at one point. Well, George, just go to Best Buy and, and pick up three 4K cameras. Yeah, I could yeah. do that. <laughs> Unfortunately, sure. for, I, for my limited income, you know, since I don't make 17 figure salary like the rest of you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is 17 figures. That's true. <laughs> if you count 14 decimal places. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to go a little bit on the cheaper side. John, you would let me borrow an old 1080p camcorder that you had, mm-hmm. but I needed to get a power cord for it because you couldn't find yep, the power me cord. Down. So I was like, okay, cool. I go on Amazon. Well, down at the bottom of the link, you know, it always does the, hey, people who looked at this also looked at blah, blah, blah. Right. Down there at the bottom were these little $69, $70 uh, 1080p camcorders. Now they're off brands. I found one. It's the Kinnear HDV... 5053 model. We'll put a link to it right in the show notes. We can do Click that. directly to it to our storefront. There you, you go. I got this thing in, set it up, filmed, sent it over to you, and uh, the Comic Sans episode looks great. So I think the camera did pretty well. Now, John, you're the expert. What do you think? Yeah, it turned out really well. You're right. It records in QuickTime MOV format. It's uh, not terrible compression. Looks nice. One of the things I mentioned to you offline was I would love if you had three of those, right? Because yeah. <laughs> what happens is that camera is really nice. It has good optics. It has an optical zoom even, not a digital mm-hmm. zoom. But you end up shooting with three different brands. You have you know, this thing that's uh, by King Gear. And then you have an Android phone made by Samsung, an Android phone made by Joe's brother or somebody. And they all have different optics. So you, there's a challenge as an editor to try to match all that those color spaces. And this one turned out so well. We have to start a fund, to uh, the George fund, to get two more of those. Because I think a three-camera shoot with the same three optics and cameras... Uh, is really going to step up the game on Comic Sans. It's just like you did for the two-shot on the wide cam in this episode. Well, and that's, you know, the nice thing about it is with these being $70, if you buy three of them, that's $210 total. I was looking at Best Buy for their 1080p cameras. They're between two and $300 just for their oh, 1080p easily. cameras still. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's the way I'm going to go from now on. I'm just going to go ahead and grab and two more. I'm sure the, the big difference in cost on those is that a more expensive camera is going to have a lot more features. Of like course. image stabilization and, you know, color correction and all that. Right. But if you're going to lock down a camera on a tripod for 30 minutes... You don't need all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think you found a winner, man. Did you record the audio through it as well? Oh, no. Hell no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Never trust one of those uh, those handy cams no. for audio. I actually use the Zoom H1. Well, while we're on the topic of audio, uh, there's a tech toy that I have just gotten hold of that I want to talk a little bit about, and it's to solve, as always, the reason we buy half the tech toys lately, fulfilling the needs of our part-time job, full-time hobby, Gen X grown-up, right? Right. <laughs> one of the most frequent things that we do when we're recording is either a single person talking to a camera, obviously, and the second most common is two people talking. Right. Like Mo and I have done a lot of uh, one-on-one replays with some classic games. George, we have some of those lined up to record as well. Right. Uh, and even even with the uh, the Blue Yeti microphone, you're in a room where there's a lot of echo. You can't sit close to the mic because you're sitting on a couch and you're you know three or four foot away from it. Absolutely. We tried to address this by each of us using a lavalier mic attached to our own cameras where we're recording it. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that was you have two microphones and you want to listen to both of them and there's crazy echo because you can never get it synchronized. It sounds like you're in an echo chamber. Right. Yeah. I came across the perfect solution for a two-man record. I found a dual head lavalier microphone that plugs right into your camera or your phone. It has one plug, one jack, it's internally mixed, and two lav mics that you can put on two individuals. Wow, nice. Huh. And in case that's not enough... It's not enough. (laughs) (laughs) What else you got, man? It also has an adapter 
that you can plug directly into the GoPro that we often use when we're doing our road trips. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. So in the car, you can plug this into the micro USB of the GoPro. And each individual sitting in the driver and passenger seat can have a nice law of mic to try to block out all that road noise that you hear when you're barreling down the road. That's really cool. That's nice. That is cool. Only just got it. It's a nice little Ziploc bag. It's by Comica. It's the CVM D02 dual headed lavalier microphone. Tons of little adapters, nice little zipper bag. Is it powered or? It is not powered. It is huh. just, it's a passive lavalier microphone. It's much like the single lav we have now, but it's dual headed. I know that there's something that you and I are getting ready to do. I'm hoping you bring that along. You know I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have that in the car for our trip to Pensacon. For you listening to the show, it was last weekend and uh, I will be using all of this cool new tech for our road trip to Pensacon. Nice. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I'm part of an original crowd. And if you look around these days, there seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper, we're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Obviously, I've been playing with a DVD player and trying to burn my eyes out with Hangman. I'm assuming that you guys had some fun <laughs> where you were playing with something that was a little bit more entertaining, like maybe some video games or something. <laughs> yeah, actually, I found a game. It's called uh, Dungeons 3. Have you guys ever played that series? No. Uh-uh. Video game? Board game? What are we talking about? It's um kind of like one of these sandbox games. Like you, you have to build your world. The thing I like that's really funny is that it's extremely humorous. Like the narrator and the main character you control get into arguments. The premise is that you're basically evil and Sold. you're trying to just get rid of all the good people in the world all the like the there's all these knights and fairies and unicorns and and but they're all so <laughs> disgustingly nice and sweet that you're like they gotta go <laughs> is this bright the video game <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish Bright was this good. <laughs> the main character's evil, and there's all these fairies hey, that you Bright have to kill. Bright wasn't bad. Quit <laughs> ragging on Bright. The thing is that it's one of these games that you basically have like a underground thing that you tunnel out, and you build rooms, and rooms let you do certain things and build certain characters and that kind of thing. There is a kind of a campaign mode that you kind of go through. It's just one of these games that's really nice to have, like for me anyway, to have out there, like. I feel like playing something, but not sure what. And you can play it for a little bit and stop and come back to it. So it's a very shallow barrier of entry then. You can get in and out level-based. Yeah, exactly. So what platform are you playing on? How long have you been playing On Steam. It? Okay. So playing on PC. Have you gotten your quarries out of it yet? Not yet, but I know I will over time. So what did it cost and how long have you got to go? It'd probably take me a month or two to get through all my quarries. Really? You know, it was 20 bucks. No, I'd, I'd say like, yeah, let's get it a month. Wow. All right. Well, on the topic of getting quarries out of your game, uh, last week, week before last, we did a live stream about a little bit dated, a couple year old indie game called The Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human, guys. Remember that? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We actually had like the developer was on the chat. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, YCJY was on there talking about the game. Now, I got the game for free to play, so I got my quarries out of it the minute I booted it up. <laughs> <Right>. But <laughs> after the live stream, I continue to play this game. It is brutally difficult in many cases. If you want, you can go back, you can watch the archive of the live stream. It's on our YouTube channel. Just look that up, Aquatic Adventure the last human if you don't get to watch or even if you do the kind of the standout factor about this game for me that grabbed me that it was a toggle switch of a game it was either super mellow exploration reading you know text from uh, fallen civilization of earth or you flip the switch and it's an incredibly hard boss battle that you die over and over and over again there's like no <laughs> as, as you will see if you watch the video yeah there are no little monsters there's no small things to fight you're either doing nothing or you are struggling yeah. I mean, it's crazy <laughs> well i played into the first part of it and like you said it was like very simple i was like oh, okay it's kind of cool kind of like oh this is a relaxing game oh i got i got <laughs> 
surprise. These little bubbles. Oh, no big deal. And then this yep. giant freaking worm yep. came out. And if that wasn't bad enough, it started shooting Spitting little worms slugs at, me. at you. <laughs> and after like the tenth time I died, I'm like, I'm gonna have to come back to this. <laughs> yeah. We talked a few episodes ago about what will make you keep playing a game. Remember that we yeah. said, you know, well, yeah, part of it has to be easy to get into. Not a lot of rules, and this thing starts you so easily you're a submarine you're driving period yeah. there's nothing more to know and a little bit later you get a little missile you go pew pew you can shoot these little torpedoes <laughs> it's really simple it's super simple it ramps up and it's easy to understand and usually i don't like games that get that uber difficult but this one's so rewarding after you kill something you want to kill it because you know that right behind him is going to be a chest that boosts the the shields on your ship or gives you better weapons or something i continue to play it retail on steam or on humble it's like uh, 10 bucks, and I've already gotten my quarries out of that. So even if I paid full price for it, that thing has paid. Nice. I have to go back to it, but I think it was just that it was such a transition from calm game to what the fuck? That <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It just sort of threw me. So now that I know it's coming, I think I'll be able to, to mentally handle it. And I had the same reaction. I basically forced myself to play more because I knew I'd have to be semi-competent for the live stream. <laughs> I couldn't just I could just fight the worm for an hour. I had to do something. <laughs> So the fact that I pushed through to be competent for the stream allowed me to see what the game has to offer. And uh, if there's anything about it that is vaguely interesting to you, if you push just through a couple of bosses, I think you're going to find more to like in it. All right, cool. I'll do that. Hey, what's happening? The Crocklands, what's happening? Pop Rocks and Bangs of the Pipe. Pop Rocks. The Sizzle and Chicago. Pop Rocks. Taste satisfied. Pop Rocks. As this episode winds down, but before we wrap it up, I always like to take a moment to talk about what things we're all looking forward to that are going to happen between this episode and the next time we get together to talk. Mo, you got anything you're looking forward to? Yeah, actually, there's an Amazon show that they did. It's called Sneaky Pete. I don't know if you guys caught it or not. This is the no. one with uh, Giovanni Ribisi or whatever that guy's name is, right? Yeah, he, was, he yeah, started yeah, I off in X-Files. I think I remember seeing a couple and... <laughs> of previews for it. Is that where he started, X-Files, really? He shot the lightning out of his hands at the video arcade. Huh, really? Yeah. I didn't okay. realize that's where he got his start. Yeah, that was, I was thinking it was like one of his early acting roles. But anyway, he plays like kind of like a confidence man, a con man. Right. He comes out and he basically takes over the life of his cellmate because he hadn't seen his family in so long. Oh, like, like identity theft. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think they're bail bondsmen or something along those lines. So anyway, he has to go help them like with their work. And of course, he gets involved in their family. And he doesn't have a really good family. It's kind of one of these long con sort of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like the sting. Or... Yeah, exactly. Where there's the con that you're watching right. that he's doing. And then at the end, you find out there was a whole nother one that you didn't even know about. Ah, kind of Logan Lucky-esque? Yeah, exactly. Ah, okay. And I thought they did a really, really good job of it. So the first season's out and came out, I guess, about a year ago. And the second season, I believe, starts in, I think, March 8th. I thought it was really entertaining and definitely worth the time. And you watched the whole first season? Yeah, oh yeah, I watched it a while ago, actually. It's good enough you're willing to watch some more of it. Yeah, it's good enough that I'm actually looking forward to the second season. Cool. All right. George, how about you? What's coming up? Well, you know, Netflix always does really well with the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff that they have and one of the really cool ones that's coming up soon is Jessica Jones season two. Oh yeah definitely look forward oh, to that oh yeah. yeah yeah big time if anybody hasn't watched Jessica Jones out there you need to go back and watch season one immediately then you need to go watch Defenders maybe a little bit of Daredevil you know what just watch all the Netflix Marvel stuff just save yourself <laughs> some time because if you try and pick and choose you're gonna miss something well I tell you for me the best part of Jessica Jones was Kilgrave, played by David Tennant. Oh. I don't know what they got up their sleeve for season two, but it's got to beat that for me. That was 
he was amazing. He was. Yeah, he, yeah was. he was great. He was like, just stand there, look at the camera scary. It just made it, yeah. they wrote it so well, he acted it so well. That was really neat. Yeah, very much so. You know, I don't know how they're going to top that. I have faith because so far I've enjoyed every single one of the Netflix Marvel series. I know that some people didn't like Iron Fist and a couple of people thought that The Defenders was a little weak, but personally I've enjoyed all the series that Marvel has done with Netflix. I've actually enjoyed them a lot more than the Marvel stuff that's on TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. What's one of those things that even if it's not amazing, it'd be hard to argue that a lot of it is way above par for a lot of the junk that was on TV. I mean, there's a lot of solid stuff, but in general it's hit or miss. Uh, and the Netflix stuff from the Marvel Universe has been, if not standout amazing, it has not been Inhumans bombs. Right? Oh God, yeah. no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. God. God. Did they cancel that, by the way? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even want to think. I want to put that in the same realm as Hangman. I'm telling you. Oh, It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen. just want to hide that in some alternate universe somewhere. But now, Jessica Jones, I think they're going to do a great job there. Of course, they're going to do some crossover cameos and stuff from the other series because they're all so popular and everything. I am curious to see, though, if Punisher makes an appearance. That's the one that I'm kind of... I don't think huh. he will, but I, I don't think since he, would he just either, had a he... successful series... Yeah. You know, it might be interesting. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I think that Jessica Jones' character was always just an interesting superhero character because she's kind of like an anti-hero. Well, yeah. She sure. doesn't want to be a hero. That's her Yeah, she doesn't want to be a hero. She has these powers and she's okay with it, but they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. She likes having her powers because they help her do her job, but she just wants to do her job and she doesn't want to end up in the paper or in front of the press or anything like that. She just wants to drink, have sex, and beat up a bunch of guys during her PI work. That's all she cares about. Yeah. She's not feeling that uh, Uncle Ben mantra issue. No, <laughs> no, there's no, no responsibility with her great power whatsoever. Do you love comic books and consider yourself a diehard fan? Then you need to listen to Parlapod. We have news, reviews, and interviews with your favorite pros, all while bringing some serious laughs. New episodes drop every Wednesday in time for New Comic Book Day. Parlapod is available on the Project Entertainment Network, all major podcast outlets, and parlapod.com. Tune in and fuel your fandom with Parlapod. And that's another episode of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. We had a lots of wonderful things and one really horrible thing that we talked about. So we're going to put a bunch of stuff except for that one in the show notes, right? Or we'll put it down there. Just nobody click no, on it. Yeah, I'll put, put, I'll put a not thing over it or something. There you go. Like a little <laughs> Ghostbuster symbol. And so you don't miss any future episodes. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And we ask every time, really important, we ask if you do use iTunes or even if you don't, Throw open that iTunes app. Give us a five-star rating. We really helps us if you would leave a review. Doesn't have to be a long review. Doesn't take much time, but not many people do it. And the more reviews we have, the better it is for people to find our show. And if you have a friend who is as nerdy as we all are, and you think they would enjoy the show, tell them about the podcast. We'd love to have them join us. And you know, today we actually made RetroPixel internet famous. And if you want to be famous, famous, all you have to do is drop us one of those fourth listener emails at podcast at genxgrownup.com. Yeah, and don't forget to visit us on YouTube or on our website, which is genxgrownup.com. All right, that's our show for this week. I think I'm going to go check out that great movie, Hangman, that you recommended, George. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on my my watch list now. (laughs) 
Always fun to get together. George, always great to have you on the show. Yes, sir. Mo, thanks for being here as always. Yep, always fun. And fourth listener, we will talk to you in a couple of weeks on the show and in one week with another backtrack. And our topic will be Gen X sitcom. Yes. Something near and dear to all of our hearts. Oh, yeah. Until then, bye-bye, guys. Bye. See you. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble! Four, three. Hold on, guys. Uh, <laughs> See no sign on I was, was right in my moment. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> he stepped on my moment. <laughs> Time to gather your thoughts. I lost it, man. I lost it. I had it. I lost it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It's just like they just opened the door like, yeah. hey, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like there's a damn sign on the door. You need, oh, you need that red light to come on. I didn't know it meant us. It, if the sign doesn't help, how's the light going to help? I don't know. Have it blink or something? <laughs> you need a bear trap is what you need. Okay, here we go. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly. And our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.